0: You're listening to The Critical Thought, where we challenge our listeners to use critical thinking when examining the teachings of Jehovah's Witnesses. Hey, hey, this is Lady C. Today in my studio is Felice from Totally Awake. I am so excited to have her here chatting it up with me today, talking about some YouTube channels and journeys that both of us are taking out here. So I want to welcome Felice.
1: Hey, how y'all doing? It's <laughs> Felice totally awake.
0: All right, Felice. Thank Felice in the house. Me. Thank you so much for being on the program. Thank okay, you. so we know that you know Felice has been out here for a minute. I think you just celebrated your fourth year anniversary on YouTube. Yeah. And I yes. do know that your very first video yielded over 200,000 views. Way to go. And you've been out here just working the airwaves. And I'm so excited to start talking about your journey and what made you decide to come out on the airwaves to share your experience with the world. You want to go ahead and tell us a little bit about what got you interested in doing that?
1: Well, I was born in the religion, third generation, and I found out about all of the lies and the corruption. I found out about the uh, CSA policy, where they have a two witness rule that is protecting criminals. Um, So that was a part of my big awakening, and also my daughter and her having to take several blood transfusions All of those things were a part of my awakening. And I started to just really want to talk about it with other people and help them to wake up just the same way that I was able to listen to a lot of YouTube videos and it was able to help me wake up um, those videos and help me on my journey with healing. So I wanted to, you know, be a voice um, and be a part of the community and my activism and just help people wake up.
0: Yeah, and you know what, I can really see how very helpful you are because, you know, looking at your channel and seeing all the people that you're interacting with, the people that's commenting on your videos, um, it really shows that you have made a definite impact out here in the community, which is very helpful because the more people that join their voices really make it nice for people that can align themselves with your experiences, you know, Definitely. so... What are, what are some of the challenges that you find yourself facing after leaving? Cuz I know you are being shunned by your family, which is which most people who are in that situation have a hard time dealing with that. But you want to talk a little bit about how you're coping with these challenges?
1: Yes, it's definitely a challenge for, you know, for me not to have my my parents you know, they gave birth to me, birth to me, they brought me into the world. So of course I want them in my life. Um, but I am thankful to have my own little family. I have my husband and our three children. And, um, you know, just spending time with them and being grateful for the relationships that I have with them helps me to cope. And also my channel, you know, making YouTube's videos when I can is definitely therapeutic and just knowing that I'm helping other people to wake up and and heal. That, that keeps me busy and coping.
0: I totally understand what you're saying because when you're out here and you've been you've been cut off from your family, it's like now you have to find other people to replace that family with. And right. how has that been working out for you in, in terms of being in the ex-witness community? Uh, what is it like meeting new people? You want to share any experiences about any friendships that you've made throughout the community?
1: It's been really awesome, you know. Um, my comments, I love my comments, and I feel like I feel like I've really built a personal relationship with my viewers. Um, I remember many of them when they comment, when they when they comment multiple times on multiple videos. Many of them have been with me, you know, since the beginning or close to the beginning. So I'm remembering their comments, and I I feel like we have our own personal relationship. I'm excited to see them, you know continuously comment so um that's one thing and then you know i do you know like you you know um we can email each other and and have these type of collaborations so i'm excited about that as well you know um it's a few people that i have built those type of relationships with where you know we can just kind of talk and uh just help each other (laughs) um get through this xjw thing because it's it's a struggle And I'm also thankful to have, you know, I have my my friends that I know personally and a couple of family members that I know personally that's, you know, in my circle that just helps me get through as well.
0: Yeah. And you know what, when you when you talk, because I know you were born in and when you're born in, you know, depending on what kind of parents you have and whether or not they allow you to have friends outside of the organization, did you make friends in school despite being a witness, or did you have to wait until after leaving
1: you know how how did yes. you
0: you know handle all that?
1: I definitely made friends while I was in school. I made really good friends, and you know some of them where i can I still have that um have as friends today um and then you know I made some friends along the way as becoming an adult as well that you know I've been able to hold on to as well so um. I'm thankful for that. Um, And then I have a a few friends, you know, um, that I've known in the religion that I was able to help wake up, you know, um, you know, put a little bug in their ear. You know, they already had their doubts, but I was able to help water that seed and help them become totally awake and realize that, you know, Jehovah's Witnesses are a cult. Well,
0: you know, that's really good that you were able to do that because I think that is the goal of so many of us when we leave that we would just hope that one of our good friends would leave with us. And that's how Mm -hmm. I was. I mean, I wanted people that shared my same experience that I knew when I was a Jehovah's witness to leave with me. And that just didn't happen. You know, so I think it's really good that that was able
1: to happen for you. Now, are you
0: all still in contact with each other? How's your friendship
1: now? I'm still in contact. I'm still in contact with, you know, pretty much everyone that I've been able to to help in some way. Um, I have a friend from seventh grade. Um, it was kind of cool how we met each other, you know, by learning that we were both Jehovah's witnesses. So, um, you know, she just came to visit me a couple of weekends ago and we just kind of hung out and talked about stuff. And we watched that movie. It's called, um, man what is it called uh, confessions of a jesus jerk or something like that okay that's that's pretty funny but that's a whole nother conversation but it was touching too because of course it was just so real like it was ridiculous um some of the scenes in there where you know i just have to say this it was one of the scenes where um a lady was calling um from the hall or a man was a brother was calling from the hall just basically saying that you know he had sinned with his wife in the bedroom so we're like Talking about how crazy that was, but um, yeah, I'm I'm excited that I have those friends that I can just relate to and talk about old times with, and it was sad we couldn't just like go see my parents. My parents don't even know that we're in contact the way we are, because of course, you know, I would have to tell them that, well, she, she saw my video online, and that's how we got back in contact with each other, because we hadn't talked in years, and my video, they got over 200,000 views, the, the first one that I uploaded, that's how she found me so um it was excellent and
0: yeah when she when she found your video
1: online was she already looking at ex-witness content she wasn't um she wasn't but um this this particular friend had never been baptized you know but her dad is an elder and everything like that um but she had never been baptized and you know uh she had married somebody that wasn't in the religion at all and she had started to kind of go to church but of of course her conscience was bothering her about that because she was feeling like well the truth is and in the church and i know what i really need to do i need to get back to the kingdom hall and mm-hmm. um you know i just kind of um i think you know her and her husband he was trying to tell her some things that was wrong with the organization because i think that she was you know um kind of set on thinking that this was the truth even though like i said she was going to church but he kind of was putting a bug in the ear. But I think when she seen me somebody that she knew and had kind of grew up with and stuff, and just hearing me tell my story, it really um, helped her kind of to, you know, let her guards down a little bit more. Um, Cause you know how they put that fear in you about listening to apostates, but she knew me that I, I'm just Felice. <laughs> so um, she was able to, you know, a little bit more comfortably listen to me. And then she was able to kind of listen to other stuff and, you know, she she just kind of went from there and formed her own beliefs and everything like that. But she, she definitely is awake and yeah.
0: I like what you're saying about what happened to your friend, because you, you made, you stated the magic words. She was not baptized, Mm -hmm. which means absolutely nothing because when a person has been indoctrinated by this religion you see how she had married someone who wasn't a witness, but the indoctrination of this is the truth. Um, don't go to church, mm-hmm. even though she married out of the organization, mm-hmm. she still was holding on to some of these teachings. Right.
1: And it was and interfering with her marriage as well. Absolutely,
0: and, absolutely yeah. interfering with that marriage because it, you know, when she do you know whether or not she was celebrating the holidays or not?
1: Um, I don't think she was big on the holidays or anything. I'm not for sure though. I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah, because see the thing about it is, is this, even though she wasn't baptized,
0: uh, she married out of the organization. Then if she was still trying to align herself with the religion, then like you said, her marriage was getting ready to go, you know, down the tubes. Yeah. And what so about your other friend?
1: That. Um, yeah, I got like two friends that was never baptized, and then I got like a couple of Friends or family members that was baptized, so they kind of just faded away. Um, you know, they don't believe it anymore. They know it's a cult, and you know, all, all of them, I've really been able to help see that it's a cult. You know, even one of them, when I first started telling her stuff, she was like, "Yeah, but it's still the right religion." Even like I was saying, "Yeah, it's still the right religion." You know, and I was telling her, "No, it's a cult," and she's like, "Well, I don't know about all of that," but she later on seeing that it is a cult, and you know, she later on seeing you know all the corruption you know just them and how culty they talk about going to college and you know the most recent videos y'all live stream that you did you know um you and um jt that was so awesome like just bringing that whole thing out about the college like that's so culty (laughs) just that alone that they would encourage people not to go to college make it seem like it's something bad to go to college you know um the csa issue of course Everybody is going to be disgusted with that, you know, and it's just it's just so many things, you know, the blood doctrine, um, you know, this generation will not pass. That's a whole lie, you know, that a lot of people, you know, can uh, relate to and feel like, man, I really live through this time of them saying that this generation will not pass away. And here it is 2023. And those people would be, you know, well over 100 years old if that was true. Right, and they say they're just
0: moving the goalposts back. Right, and it's almost like um, I personally feel like they are doing everything they can to survive. The challenge that the Jehovah's Witnesses are having is the internet and the online activists like you and I and people online surfing online, and so they've got to find a way to keep these people under their their belt under control the less the education you get the more chances you are to stay under their thumb you know i understand that when you were starting to fade from the organization you were about 18 years old and i know you're married and your husband is not a witness so you want to tell um the audience how you and your husband met
1: well um we met when he was um Still in the military. He's a veteran now, but he was stationed, he's from Chicago, but he was stationed in Colorado Springs. And I went there to visit a cousin that wasn't a witness. And um I met him. She was dating one of his friends, and I met him, and we kind of been inseparable ever since then. But yeah, it was, uh you know, the Jehovah's Witnesses think that, you know, the military and the government and all of that is a part of the wild beast, right? So, um, they're going to be the first ones to die. You know, they're going, they're part of Babylon the Great. That's what it is. So um, my my parents actually, and I, I said this in my video, um, my first video, they encouraged me to marry him because they didn't want me to sin with my boyfriend. So they thought it would be better if I just got married. Um, but then when I would tell my mom, like, well, I want to get a job, you know, on the military post. She would be like, No, no, don't, please don't do it because they think that even getting a job as at like the commissary or anywhere on post is, you know, it's going to get me killed. <laughs> so it was, it was just crazy.
0: Okay. So this is interesting because I was actually born on a military base. So, you know, I, this was my whole entire life was all encapsulated in, in this arena. Right. And it's amazing how growing up, as a witness and also having a father who was supposedly part of the mark of the beast. And I never ever thought that he was going to be destroyed at Armageddon. I never thought that at all.
1: It doesn't never. make any sense. <laughs> I mean, to, to their know, logic, you know, it does make perfect sense to them, but uh, yeah, it, it doesn't make any that sense.
0: That is so crazy. Yeah. And my mom, she's going to meetings. My dad is supporting our whole Jehovah's Witness arrangement because my mom doesn't work a job. And so she needs to get the car, the gas to get to the meeting out in field service. And all of this is being sponsored by a man who works right. for Mark of the Beast, right? Exactly. Which is exactly. so crazy. But yeah. um, getting back to your situation. So now you go to Colorado to um, visit a, a relative, a cousin. Mm-hmm. you meet your husband. So do you stay out there with your cousin or do you move back to um Florida?
1: Yeah, actually, um I stayed out there for a little while and then I came home, then I went back out there. Um so I only I only visited them actually a few times before we got married. We were only dating long distance for about 6 months and then we got married, but we've been married almost 13 years this November, so Yeah, crazy love story. But 13 years later with three kids, here we are. I was definitely still indoctrinated when I met my husband and he actually played a big part in my awakening as well. Just just kind of letting me know that things wasn't right. A lot of things that was that was happening, you know, um, like I talked about in my first video, them not letting him in the back room when I decided to confess to the elders. You know, which, you know, that was, that whole thing was just crazy. I was confessing about a previous relationship, but because I wanted to get back in the congregation in good grace, I had to tell them, well, yeah, that happened in my previous relationship, but now I'm married, which that shouldn't have even been a thing. I shouldn't have had to say anything to them. And, you know, that's what my husband was telling me, but he, he wanted to come with me. And they were saying that wouldn't be possible.
0: So you're saying that you had a previous relationship and... Something happened in that relationship that went yeah. unreported, right? Right, well, then yeah. you meet your husband, y'all get married, and now you're trying to come clean about a situation that happened previous to even meeting your husband, yeah. And because so now you're trying to get right. yourself like because you're not just fellowship
1: um, or nothing like that, right? Right, I'm trying to get myself back on the road to everlasting life, though, because in my mind and in, on my conscience. And the fact that my, you know, my family knows that I had this ex-boyfriend, and you know, um, that he would stay the night and stuff like that, so they knew what was going on, and so they felt like, especially because you know I was pregnant, me and my husband were pregnant, and I was having a baby shower, so my grandma was really the one telling me that if it since I hadn't gotten myself right with the elders in the congregation, that she could not attend my baby shower. So you know, at first I'm like, okay, whatever, grandma, but then I started to think for myself, like, man, well, maybe I really do need to speak to the elders because if this is going to keep me off the road of to everlasting life, if I don't confess this, because they really make you think that you have to confess every single sin in order to cleanse you of the sin, in order to be still on the road to everlasting life. Now, when you tell them, they decide what happens to you, whether they're going to put you on private reproof, which is what happened to me, or whether they are going to disfellowship you or publicly reprove you, which I've, I've had all of those things happen to me. Um, um in my tenure of being a host witness so um yeah that that last time though they put me on private reproof that I confessed and it was the very last time that i I ever went back there because i just felt like that was so unnecessary and what was even worse is that they wouldn't allow my husband back there i had nothing that i wanted to share with them that my husband didn't know so there was no reason that he shouldn't have been allowed but in their eyes because he was not a baptized jehovah's witness that's why he wasn't allowed so they were going against the bible saying you know the bible says that we're one but they were trying to separate us just because he wasn't a jehovah's witness and i wanted him there for support i was in a room full of men telling them about, you know, <laughs> my sin. So it was just crazy. But all of that was a part of my awakening because of course my husband was like, that's crazy. And then my husband actually started watching Extra Host Witness videos first.
0: Oh, well, you know what? I'm kind of like double click on this one point that you made. Okay. So you said that they did not look at you as being one, but what you have to remember is when a, a sister is married to a unbelieving husband and uh, they have kids, do you know what they call their children?
1: Um, I forgot. I, I'm going to know it when you say it.
0: They call the children fatherless boys or fatherless children.
1: Right, because they don't have a spiritual father.
0: That's right. hmm and so they didn't recognize your husband as a spiritual head. And so that's why he was not invited to come to the judicial hearing. Mm-hmm. Now, I do know that like when a man and a woman that's married and th- that they're in the organization, mm-hmm. if the brother decides that he doesn't want his wife to accompany him in that's his bad. judicial meeting, he can choose to do that, mm-hmm. but, but the, the sister, wife. she, you know, um, he he can keep her from going to his meeting, but, but she doesn't have to be able to keep him
1: from coming to hers. Right, and who makes this stuff up? You know, is the this, watch- in a, this is this biblical? <laughs> right, this is the Watchtower's doing. This is the Watchtower decided. Not even really just the Watchtower, but in that moment, the elders decided and and i and i know this for sure because i was so stumbled by that that was really what really started this this whole thing really when my, when they would not let my husband in and i i started to go down a rabbit hole of research just from there and that was when my son was a baby but you know it took longer and then it took more and more research to get me to the point of being totally awake
0: where were you living at when you were going through the judicial had you all are you still living in Colorado or had you moved back to Florida?
1: I had moved back to Florida. So I was in Jacksonville, Florida. I did go to the hall in Colorado. I had met this girl um, named Malia and I, I I wish I could get in contact with her just to say, Hey, it's a cult <laughs> because she was so cool. You know, she um, was going to school to become a teacher and, you know, she was pioneering at the same time. So I remember having a conversation with her, like, how do you, you know, go to school and you're trying to pioneer and, you know, She she wanted to make something out of herself, so she's like, I got to pioneer while I'm trying to go to school just to make it look right, basically, is what I got from it. But anyway, that's a whole different story. But yeah, I was in Jacksonville. I was in Jacksonville.
0: So you've been through a lot because what they're doing is like emotional blackmail, fear, obligation, guilt. Mm -hmm. So you were like um, fearful that if I don't turn myself in, I'm not going to make it into this new system because you're still believing in that rhetoric. Then. You're like obligated, you know, and then you're guilty because you, you know, you got to do it right. You know, you're married now, but I still got to uncover all this other stuff so that now I can be like like. paving my way clear and clean. You know,
1: it's just so unnecessary telling them Mm -hmm. anything. Mm -hmm. You know, they are not God. They don't have any type of authority over anybody. They cannot read anybody's hearts. They can't judge anyone, Mm -hmm. but they do. They do. And sadly, the Jehovah's Witnesses, the members, give them that power, you know, because, you know, they're so indoctrinated. And we remember being that indoctrinated. You know, that was what made me confess, you know, as a grown married woman, thinking that I had to tell them something about my past. Like, who cares? You know,
0: I really hate the fact that you had to go through that. And then when you look back, it's like, oh, my goodness, if I would have known what I know now, I would have never stepped foot in the kingdom hall, because I think that the. The Jehovah's Witness leadership, they're in our lives too much or they were in our lives too much. And it's very, very sad that people are just, you know, just having so many emotional problems because they believe that it's the truth to the point that they are pouring their hearts out and telling people uh, intimate details that they shouldn't even be discussing.
1: Right. (laughs) And the fact that they would even ask the intimate details, like that's just so disgusting and disturbing, you know, and
0: did they they do that to you?
1: Oh, yes, they definitely did that to me. They did that to me even as a 15 year old child. You know, when I first went to confess to them, 15 to 16 years old, they were, you know, asking me very inappropriate questions. You know, what type of Mm -hmm. underwear did I have on? And, you know, what positions and all kind of just like why does it matter like why does it matter all you need if, if it's so mm. that i need to confess to you i should be able to just confess the sin and it sh- i shouldn't have to give details but i guess they feel like they need details so that they can decide you know try to get a better idea of how they need to judge you which is just crazy
0: jt said on his first judicial um meeting um he was a a brand new elder on the body and he said that the brother asked the sister was she wearing panties or thongs? Right, and they asked me said, that too. And then he they said, that that the same thing. Because if you that. were wearing thongs,
1: you then intended that, to that, do that it. You intent. had intentions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that was crazy.
1: You, you wanted to look sexy. You was ready. <laughs>
0: so you were planning to get involved because you had on a pair of thongs, right. right oh right. my God, that is so crazy. So, so crazy. But I mean, so... I know you're getting through all this and everything. Uh, What type of uh, recommendations would you give to people today after going through your experience in dealing with the Watchtower judicial system? And, um, you know, even when it comes to disassociation, would you recommend people to disassociate? Would you recommend people to go to the brothers, you know, and confess sins? You know, Uh, what's your recommendation after your experience?
1: I definitely wouldn't recommend going to confess anything or if you do go confess, just, you know, it doesn't have to be the truth. (laughs) If you feel like you need to say something, maybe to please somebody else, maybe if you feel like you need to confess for that, you don't have to say what really happened because they don't know they aren't God. They don't have any way to know. And, um, you know, I I would just say standing your truth as far as disassociating it's not for everybody, you know. Um, I disassociated because I felt like that was the best thing for me to do. I felt like it was the only way that my family was going to understand that I was not playing, you know, that I really did believe that the Jehovah's Witnesses were a dangerous cult. And I I felt like that was the only way to get them to understand that I was separating myself from that, you know, um, and to get them to take me serious because um, I feel like, it, there was a lot of disrespect. There was a lot of downplay on my feelings and the things that I was learning. They kind of knocked it off as I'm just going through a phase. I'm just I'm just going crazy right now. I'm, I got mental issues and all of this stuff, and that's exactly what they spread when I when I first made my video. Um, disassociating again is not for everybody. Do what's best for you because you know sometimes a lot of people may may need to fade. That may be the best thing. For some people to be able to still have some type of relationship with, you know, your loved ones that's still in. And then it gives you, um, a little bit more room to try to plant those seeds if, if necessary as well. But, um, I wanted my, I wanted them to take my name off of it, <laughs> take my name off. I didn't want to have anything to do with that. Um, you know, when I leave this earth one day, i I don't want it to be said that I was a Jehovah's witness at all. That's how strongly I felt about it. But I totally understand the people that decide not to go that route. And again, it's it's all about what's best for, you know, that particular person and their circumstances. I
0: mm-hmm. think that when people think you are just not going to meetings, now they're trying to give that invite. They're trying to, you know, tell you, oh, just come to the memorial or you can talk to them, but then when you go off script a little bit, they want to, you know, let you know that you've gone too far. So you gotta constantly be walking on eggshells mm-hmm. when you're dealing with your Jehovah's Witness family members when right. you're fading. Now you had mentioned about going to college at some point. Um, I think I don't know if it was before we started the camera, on or not, but. Did you get your degree yet? Or are you still working on it?
1: Well, first, um, I didn't finish getting my degree. Um, I'm actually just like three credits away from getting my associate's degree. And um, I want to get my bachelor's degree. So I-, I need to get back in school. It actually, you know, um I, I was going to college through because I started late because you know, I thought the world was you know going to be ending by the time i could make it to college so before i could even decide that i wanted to go to college you know i was i was already in my mid-20s and there was this other thing where you had to do all these you had to either had to have had a child was married or was in the military or i had to use my parents income and my dad never wanted me to use his income so um i had to wait till later on to go to college but um I was one of college, even through my pregnancies and with having my three young kids. But what really triggered me um, when I dropped out of college, it was it was when I put in that disassociation letter and I thought I would be okay after that. But my um, one of my very close friends from like sixth grade and a lot of her friends was actually, a lot of her family, I mean, was actually Jehovah's Witness. So, you know, in in recent years before she died, I could talk to her about the things that I was learning about the code. And she really um, was understanding and was shocked about what I was telling her because her grandma was Joe's witness. Anyway, she died. Um, And so that kind of just, I don't know, kind of threw me off a little bit because it's like I was dealing with a lot, you know, I, I, I'm married with these three young kids. I'm, I'm waking up from a cult and now I've disassociated from a cult. So I've let my family know that I'm not playing. And now you you have a choice. You can either follow your rules of your religion and not talk to me because I'm making it very clear. I don't believe in that. Or you you can't talk to me. Um, but um, all of that was it was very hard for me. So um, I haven't gotten back into school yet, unfortunately, but I do plan to. How do you balance your your life with your YouTube content, I do work a full time job, so um, it's actually really a struggle for me to make content as much as I want to. I wanna be to the point where I'm making content almost every day, if not every day i like I would love to do do this as a job exposing watchtower and even just talking about different other events that's that's happening, you know, the Hawaii fires and all these fires that's going on, like you know the stuff that that happened to black people, you know like. You, just different stuff that I would like to talk about and um and do this all the time, but unfortunately i I do have a family. I do work a full time job, so I have to squeeze in i'm, I'm I literally have to lose some sleep and, and some relaxation time to get my videos in. but it's worth it when I do and you know i I just I just want everybody to know that eventually I want to get it as as many out at a time as possible because I would just love to expose watchtower. Until they're in the ground, like, I'll do it for the rest of my life because that's how passionate I am about seeing as many people as possible leave that evil cult.
0: You do have a lot going on because you've got a full-time job. You've got three children. So what were you going to school for?
1: Well, I was going to school to become a teacher. Yeah.
0: But I don't want to do that
1: anymore. (laughs) That was... That was before I had three kids, and so I wanted to teach elementary school, um, and um, I don't want to do that anymore because my three kids, they be kind of driving me crazy, so I don't want to deal with other people's kids all day, but I think that I am still a teacher, presenter, a, you know, I, I want to help people learn something new, so I think that's why I'm so in love with my, my channel, and I, I just want to you know, continue to make more videos and and build my audience because I love just helping people learn something new. It you know, yeah. you know, I, I just want to say I think that even the time that I was in college, it played a, a role in my awakening too, because like we were talking about earlier in our conversation, critical thinking, you know, and I just love that channel name for y'all. Um because it's so important to think critically, you know, and to use our critical thinking skills. And as Jehovah's Witnesses, we don't really use that a lot because we're spoon fed so much. You know, even when we are going door to door, didn't we have a, a whole script? you know, as an example of what we could say. And we just kind of tweaked it a little bit and put it in our own words. But, you know, we were spoon fed every single thing that we learned and that we were teaching the people. But it wasn't until I went to college and I had to do those discussion forums and they told you to think critically. Like, wow, some of those discussion forums will really make you think critically and have to come up with this paragraph or two or three to, you know, add to the, the discussion. Absolutely. And also, when
0: you were taking your classes, do you remember how they let us know that when we wrote our term papers, we had to cite peer-reviewed mm-hmm. articles? We had to
1: do real research and have a whole page dedicated to your research, where you got your research from and everything like that. So, you know, that just taught me more and more about how to research and Google stuff, you know, not just Google, but, you know, other sites as well. But yeah.
0: If if someone is trying to manipulate you, the last thing that they're going to want you to do is get an education.
1: Right. They don't
0: want you to be competing with them when it comes to knowledge. So so do you have any other thoughts that you'd like to share with the audience?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, as far as raising my kids, I am very thankful, regardless of how hard it is sometimes to just not be able to call up my parents freely, you know, and, and speak with them, you know, because they're shunning me because of this religion, this cult. I am glad to not be raising my child, my children in this. I'm glad to, you know, um, be teaching them love unconditionally. You know, there there's nothing that my kids can do that would make me Stop talking to them. I mean, I I literally can't think of anything. They they would have to be really. I I can't even say anything. But you know, um, I, I'm glad that I get to celebrate with my kids. Um, it's special to me. Their birthdays, and I wake them up. You know, to, traditionally with balloons, and you know, I enjoy celebrating their birthdays. They enjoy celebrating birthdays. They enjoy the holidays, and. Um, You know i i live through them and their joy and um you know just them being able to have different friends and not be confined to one group of people all of those things that i couldn't have or do you know the sports that they're able to be in you know my son is in sports heavily basketball football uh track you know there was no time to do any of that as a jehovah's witness because for one that's too much time with worldly people and you need to be spending that time on spiritual things, you know. My girls are on gymnastics. I, I never did any of those things, you know. So I'm just really glad to be able to show them something different, you know. Um, but don't get me wrong, you know, I did have, you know, my parents, they they thought they were doing the right thing. You know, I I I re- I took joy in going to the conventions and, you know, getting dressed up for the conventions and stuff like that. And we even went on a bus tour to Canada. So those were my memories as a a kid, the good ones, you know, and and even though now I know I was visiting a, a, a headquarters that's full of lies at the time, it was a good memory, you know, with my family, but I'm just glad to be, you know, making other memories, not just going out of town. We used to go to Orlando a lot as a kid too, um, now I take my kids, you know, because it's only a couple of hours away. I, I take them and we have that tradition along with celebrating the holidays. So I'm I'm just grateful uh, that I have these things to make me happy, despite, you know, being shunned by the people that gave birth to me.
0: Yeah, you, you've you gone through a lot. And how about your husband's family? Do you uh, does he have a, a, a big family or not or?
1: Yeah, he has a pretty big family. You know, um, I'm grateful for my in-laws, my mother and father-in-law. Um, you know, I, I have sister-in-laws and a couple of brother-in-laws too. And you know, they're they're all great. We spend the holidays a lot, just just about every, especially Christmas and Thanksgiving and stuff. We spend those holidays together, come together and cook and stuff like that. And you know, uh, my mother-in-law, she's she had a um, a hand in helping me wake up too. You know, I just remember her telling me you know, because I remember coming to her the first time when I met her and she was ready for her new daughter-in-law to go to church with her. And I told her, I'm not, I can't go to church, you know, and she was very upset. Um, but you know, that's something that we look back on now and we laugh because she was able to plant a lot of seeds because here I was with the little golden nugget is what we used to call it. What does the Bible really teach when I came to her house? And, you know, she wanted to take these pictures and stuff like that. And, um, I'm trying to bring up these subjects her out of this book and she's like that's that's a man-made book right now that's that's man-made this and I'm like <laughs> when I think about it it is man-made you know it's what? not from God you know the governing body is published by the Watchtower and Bible Tract Society so all of those things just kind of planted seeds and you know just reminded me hey at the end of the day this is man-made this is this is not from God like these men are making this stuff up So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just curious. Like you said, your husband was in the military. So when you were married, when you guys first got married and he was still enlisted, Mm -hmm. did you guys travel to any other place besides Colorado?
1: We didn't move around. We stayed in Colorado. And you know what? I had my mom in my ear kind of telling me, you know, um, they needed to get out, you know, and I wanted them to get out because I really wasn't even now knowing that what I know about the organization, when I think of it, I wouldn't want him just always deploying and leaving me there with the kids and stuff like that. But it did at first, my encouragement of him to get out and be done with his time. It did have a lot to do with my beliefs as a Jehovah's witness and just thinking that that wasn't a good career. If I ever wanted him to possibly become a Jehovah's witness that, you know, I was just thinking like that wasn't a good career to have. So, but you know, I'm just glad that he's out now anyway.
0: So you could not travel with him then?
1: Well, you know, he was, um, we did, he was, his, his, uh, orders were up. So he could have stayed in and we would have gotten stationed somewhere else. But because he didn't re enlist, then we were able to move. We moved back to my hometown to Jacksonville, Florida. I'm not going to say it was a mistake, but yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't that sweet, I knew we wouldn't be able to stay with my parents long and, you know, something transpired when we got there. And it really boils down to just because of the religion, you know, this, it, it caused a conflict, you know, with my husband and my cousin. And it was just a big mess. But that's a whole nother story.
0: So when you were in Colorado, did you make any friends on base?
1: Well, we live off of base, but it was just right down the street. So I did meet this one girl that was my neighbor. That She stayed in the same apartment as us, and her husband was in the military. And so I still keep in contact with her to this day, you know. Um, and then I have another friend that was, that was also living in Colorado. I keep in contact with her as well because she started dating um, his friend, that I met him with that was dating my cousin at first. But yeah, me and her, me and her, we still talk. Um, They, they, well, of course, both of those girls I mentioned aren't Jehovah's Witnesses. But then I did have a little group of Jehovah's Witness friends that I don't keep in contact with. I lost contact with them um, that I met there as well that I would kind of go to the movies with or go out to eat with sometimes. Because I was trying to, I was pregnant with my son and I was trying to get back into it at the time. But um, I, I eventually started to wake up. Well, that's excellent. So
0: you got a chance to do some traveling and meet some different people, help some people get out of this religion because they saw you on YouTube and you're making a difference. You are definitely touching lives. And I'm just glad that we got a chance to get to know each other offline and on a little chat group that we um, hang out with uh, every week. So I want to yes, thank you so much, Felice, life. for being here. And I look forward to, you know, collaborating again
1: in the future. Yes. Yes, me too. Thank you so much for having me. And I so appreciate you and your husband's work. Y'all have been so awesome with helping so many people, including myself. Y'all was one of the first channels that I stumbled across. And I just wanted to say thank you so much for y'all work and y'all continued work. Y'all are excellent.
0: Thank you so much. And you're welcome. All right. This has been Lady C and we'll see you all on the next episode. This program was sponsored by Critical Thinkers.